You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. As I've been telling you, we are the number one local sports daily podcast network in the world. Uh, They bring you your team every day on the Locked On Network. And this is the NFL flagship. And I come at you every day as well. Um, I mentioned yesterday something we're really promoting and is getting really big in the podcast world is the use of a smart speaker. So if you have one, just tell your smart speaker, play podcast, Locked On NFL. So that's something you got to do. A big reason we are growing so much, of course, is Mike Sando joins me every every Thursday. And this has been a really popular show I've enjoyed it a great deal. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Always love our chats, Matt. Yeah, me too. And a recent article you put out, the headline is NFL Overhaul Rankings, Rating Teams That Will Change the Most in the 2019 Offseason. And you rank them from 1 to 24, as in 1 being a team that is going to change the most. So I urge everyone to check that out, of course. And we're not going to go through all 24 of those. But what we are going to do... And the, Matt, the other, the other eight are still in the playoffs. So that's why they're yeah, not yeah. in there yet. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. Um, so here's what we're going to do. is I want to correlate... I promised you guys yesterday that we would talk deeper about these coaching hirings. And there's been even a couple since we broke last yesterday. It's fast and furious. So we're going to tie that in with Mike's article. Starting with the Jets, who are first on your list for... Off-season change coming, and they hire Adam Gase, keeping him in division. What do you think? Yeah, um, I'm generally okay with the second chance on the coaches. I think guys improve. You know, yeah. I don't know how much you have time to step back and reevaluate yourself. You know, in a week's time between jobs. <laughs> so I I like Adam Gase as an offensive coach. I'm sort of anxious to see how he does with Darnold because. I mean, look, he was playing with Brock Osweiler, and they're signing Jake Cutler a week before the season. And I never, you know, Tannehill's sort of what he is, right? I mean, he he basically was under Gase, you know, what he was before, maybe a little better at some times, but not overall and was hurt. So um, I'm anxious to see it. You know, I, I, I'm i not a Jets fan. I might feel different. You know, if you're a Jets fan, are you excited about it? You're, you're probably uh, you're not sure, you know, because you're just not – yeah, you're looking at what happened with Gase down in Miami. I felt like they were always a scrappy team that, you know, won some games they probably shouldn't have won. But there, there wasn't this incremental growth. Um, and now you come into a situation where the GM is on the hot seat a little bit. Uh, I think that was sort of a problem for Gase, you know, coming into Miami was basically that he um, – you know, had this team that was sort of built by Tannenbaum, built by Greer, with different priorities, shifting priorities. It wasn't a nice progression. Their roster looked like a hodgepodge of reactions and changing course. And even this year, they subtracted players because Gase was trying to get the locker room right. So is he able to come into the Jets and have a logical plan over time? And we don't know that. Right, right. I do think he's a very good offensive mind. I think he's very good with quarterbacks. I was listening to Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah's podcast a week or two ago, and I thought they had a great point about what's around Gase right now. I mean, the way they phrased it was, who's a blue chip player on the Dolphins? I mean, I yeah, Minka, maybe. Howard, you know? Yeah, maybe Howard, maybe Fitzpatrick, hopefully. 
And it's not like the Jets are loaded with them, but I do think they at least have a true foundational player at quarterback and Jamal Adams. I think they have their young building block to build around on both sides of the ball. And going back to them being first on your list, they have tons of you know available resources to go get big-name guys. And uh, this is jumping the gun, but because I'm in Pittsburgh and the A-B thing's going crazy, the best odds in Vegas of where Antonio Brown's going to play next year is with the Jets. And, I mean, I could see them adding Brown and Bell. I mean, or Cla- I mean, you know, they could do whatever they want. Yeah. So, Matt, when I went through and was trying to decide how do you rank these teams, it's a little mm-hmm. overwhelming at first, you know. Okay. Yeah. But I took all the players that were veterans on the teams and I uh, added up how many snaps they play. Uh, guys who don't have contracts for next year who are veterans. Right. And I added up like how much cap space were they taking up? How much snaps did they play? How many starts do they have? And the Jets were like number one on that list. They had a bunch of guys with double-digit starts: Morris Claiborne, Daryl Roberts, you know, um, James Carpenter, Brandon Copeland, Quincy Anunia, uh, Steve McClendon, Eric Thompson. They're all guys that you're not 100% sure they're going to fit in with the next group, right? The next coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you could see a lot of turnover there, um, and obviously they have the cap room, and they have pressure now to hey, this is New York. We want to win with Sam Darnold now. You know, we want to do what these other teams are doing that sometimes have young quarterbacks that they think are good and win. Yeah, well said. I mean, a much different situation is the team that is second on your list, the Cardinals. They signed Cliff Kingsbury. Not sure I saw that coming, but I think it's a very <laughs> Rosen-friendly move. I'm going to give Kevin Seifert <laughs> credit, my my colleague, because he was on this one. He, like, really? he mentioned, not, to, not to Arizona, but he had heard early on that, you know, Kingsbury was going to be in the mix in the NFL. And you look at the record in college and, you know, um, it's interesting. What I do like is that, you know, I watched the two different press conferences yesterday, the Packers and the, and the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals are doing this for a very specific reason. Now, I don't know if that's good enough reason to do it, but you know, they are looking at, they've made the determination that you got to have a good offense to compete in the NFL, be a championship type team. They've obviously got the young quarterback, um, and they thought Kingsbury was someone who was going to bring the college flavor to the NFL. If you remember last year, um, sort of the symbol of their season was that game on national TV against Denver. I think it was Mike McCoy's last game as the OC, um, and it was a disaster offensively. They were really horrible on offense for the whole year. They were really horrible on offense the half a year before that. People don't really know. So they're going to try to you know, get right with the offense. I think there's a lot of question marks because – uh, you know, who are you going to get to run your defense? Um, is there enough talent there? Are you really going to expect Cliff Kingsbury to come in and have instant results with this roster? Uh, I think the roster is going to have to get a lot, lot better. And I don't think Rosen is an Andrew Luck who's going to just lift you up, you know, the way the Colts have been able to do. Yeah, I think that's well said. They got a lot of work to do you know, if they hired Vince Lombardi. I mean, but I do think with possible exception of the first overall pick, which I'm sure they'll field offers for and Sounds like likely to be Bosa if it's if a team doesn't trade up for a quarterback. I would think, and this is just kind of reading the tea leaves, that all available offseason resources are basically going to go around Rosen. I mean, they need more receivers. They need O-line help. At least they have David Johnson in place. Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, we'll see. Kingsbury talked about Larry Fitzgerald yesterday as if Larry was still on the team. You know, he's a he's he's doesn't have a contract for next year. So whether he's there or not, they you're absolutely right. They need to really, ideally they need to trade down um, 
right. and get the picks if they can. If they can, if these quarterbacks can get pushed up, that could really help them because they need a car. They need a Colts type move where you get two starting offensive linemen out of that. You know, handful and maybe of seconds. There's a, you know, right? Yes. Yes. Oh man, do they need the picks? Right. And uh, Bosa and Jones look sounds pretty nice together, but so <laughs> does a guard. <laughs> I know, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to sell that. But I think, given the state of that offensive line, I think people there will there will will buy it. You know, I think you you've got to do that if you can find it. And Steve, you know, Steve Kine played offensive line, so it's time. It's time for him to find some guys. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, let's take a quick break. We got four more of these to discuss. I've really enjoyed the first two. Uh, we'll be back here. All right, all right, we are back. And Mike, the sixth team on your list, number six, is the Packers. Um, obviously there's some already some off season change. There was some during season change. Matt LaFleur gets the job. And I, I again, I, I had my impressions this yesterday, but this seems a lot like Aaron Rodgers looking at the Rams and the Niners and watching their offense saying, I want to do that. Yep. And I'm okay with that. You know, I feel right. like Mike McCarthy is a very solid coach. Um, fundamentals, you know, um, playing hard. And, you know, off, I think his offense was fine, but I think that it's okay to go, you know, the, the, the idea is that they can become a little more, you know, just, just freshen it up and get a little more, uh, you know, modern, uh, you know, with some of the wrinkles and stuff. That's fine. I mm-hmm. think that's a good, that's probably reinvigorating for Rogers at this stage of his career. Uh, my issue with that hire is, is just that, it is, if it falls into the idea that you think the number one problem with the team is Rodgers, then I think you're you don't understand what's happening. Um, they, <laughs> right? Ha, you know, I mean, Rodgers has 25 touchdowns and two interceptions, and people are panicking. Right? Like, He's, oh my goodness, Rodgers declined. Yeah. We need an offense. You know, we need an offensive overhaul. Well, you know, I've told you, we've talked about it before. When I we we have the metrics for their offense, defense, and special teams, all expected points based, and. Over the last two seasons, they and they are number one, and I believe the Bucks are right there with them for the most games in which your defense and special teams weren't good. And the Packers are number one in games where their defense and special teams were both bad and their offense was good. So obviously they've got roster issues beyond number twelve. He, he's the he, if they have a list of a hundred problems, he's number one hundred one to me. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But. You know, so that, but they have some, they're in a transitional phase here too with the Nick Perry's, Brian Balaga, Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, even Jimmy Graham. You know, uh, there's, there's some older guys, Mercedes Lewis, you know, as at the, was at the tight end position, Lance Kendrick. A lot of these guys may not be there. So while people are focusing on what the exciting young hotshot coach can do with Rodgers, which I think is exciting, I'm anxious to see what he can do. Um, I'm sure they're all, I'm sure he's not going to be bad. Rodgers is not going to be bad into the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's other you know the roster does, is going to have some change. Yeah, I, I think that no matter what, if they would have hired an established coach, if they'd have kept McCarthy, uh, young up and comer like the floor, there's going to be more change than usual. There's more cap space in Green Bay than usual. I bet they go out and get a guy or two. And coaching changes are always one of the harder subjects for me because I don't know these human beings. But I do worry that what we're seeing is a little bit too much of a ripple effect from McVeigh, that everybody wants the very young offensive mind. And McVeigh's a great schemer, but he's also great with the other aspects of the job. Is a guy like LaFleur or Kingsbury, 
able to yeah. be the CEO. I mean, their their rise to get to one of these thirty two jobs has just happened so fast. Yeah, we don't know that. I, yeah. I think at least at least with Kingsbury, he's been a head coach of a major college program. That was mm-hmm. one one thing that you know the owner of the Cardinals, Mike Bidwell, uh, talked about. It was important for them to get a guy who had at least been a head coach um, at college or pro level. So there's something to go on there, even though his run was not you know great. He had a losing record um, overall. Um, you don't sure really some know. value to that, of course. Yeah, you don't right. really know on a on a Lafleur. It has happened fast. I do like the fact that. You know, he's been with some good people. You know, I, I, I think that counts not just McVeigh, but he's been with the Shanahan's. And there's there's some nice if you could have your coach, an offensive coach, be with some certain people. Um, those would be some of the people. Right. I mean, those are mm-hmm. those are some good uh, coaches. I like the fact that he got a year to call the plays, you know, um, but uh, there are still our questions over whether, you know, you can command the team. And, you know, you sort of if you look at sort of the whatever the four. The four things the Steelers think are important in a coach, right? You know, having a presence, you know, being a communicator, having strong character, you know, being able to hire a staff. Um, that's harder to know whether someone who's never done it before and is 39 or 40 years old can do that. And I do think there is a risk of focusing on the play calling aspect of McVeigh and overlooking the fact that if you ask the Rams what role that plays in their affinity for McVeigh, it's not 75%, it might be 25%. Mm-hmm. And, the, and what McVeigh had going for him, too, was Wade Phillips is going to handle the D. I'm not even going to bother over there. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a nice thing to well, do. Well, Patton yeah, could right. do that, though, too. Patton, yeah, you yeah know, you're probably right. Patton, right. Patton's been a head coach, and so, you know, that, that part of it... His side of the ball. His side of the ball. I think they clearly need talent, you know, talent upgrade on, on defense in certain areas of the offense, uh, no matter who's coaching them. Yeah, and, and the, the Bucks are tenth on your list. They took a different approach and they sign kind of the old veteran type. And what to me seems much more of a win now mode. I, you know, Bruce Arians is the head coach now. I think they look at their roster and think that they're closer than maybe some of our listeners do. I don't know who's right or wrong about that, but I can kind of see both sides. And it sure seems like they're married to Jameis Winston and Arians' history with Luck and Ben and Palmer. I think that'll be a good marriage, but that's a little bit of a risky investment. Well, Bruce is all about um, absolute clarity and uh, at the quarterback position and support, you know, unconditional love and support for your starter while he's your starter. So uh, that's why he's coming in immediately, you know, hey, Jameis is our guy, um, and he's going to try to make that work again, sort of like the Packers. Their team that's been horrific on defense has had really no running game during Jameis Winston's tenure. And he's exactly the type of guy who you want to man. You don't want to ask him to do too much. You know, you you're worried about the interceptions. You, you know, he's got talent, but you want to support him with, you know, at least a middle of the pack defense and some semblance of a run game. They haven't done either. So um, now they're trying to fix him, but he can't carry the whole thing. Unlike Rogers, Rogers can prop it up, you know, <laughs> um, or he can handle the the load, which, by the way, I think Green Bay's leadership thinks that they're going to win now. That's a separate mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but the Bucks sort of have to because the the GM's you know been there. But I think this may buy some time for them too. You know, I don't think they're going to fire Bruce Arians after one year, like they you know like they could if it were some totally unestablished guy. Um, the question will be after this year: Do you want more of Jameis Winston? I think that's really a fascinating part of it because I could see Winston struggling early. I could see if you go back to 
Bruce Arians' uh, tenure with Arizona, the first half of the year with Carson Palmer, uh, Palmer was like a 38 QBR. He had like way more interceptions and touchdowns. And I remember Bruce Arians said at the time, look, you can't judge um, a guy after, you know, until you've got more than a half a season, you know, in a new system. Well, Palmer turned it on in the second half of, of Arians' first year with the team. He was 68 QBR. He had a high you know, touchdown interception ratio, and the rest was history. They had some really nice years together. Now, Palmer was a mature right, person different. at that point, you know, and had had some success in his career before. So I think that's the question mark with Jameis is can he grow into that part of it too? Yeah, and Arians traditionally, and maybe he'll change his ways a little bit with how the NFL is changing so rapidly, is long developing plays, push the ball down the field, no risk it, no biscuit. And I think Winston will be... Yeah, 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 let's do it. But we've kind of talked about it before. I think we described Winston as a Lamborghini buzzing around a suburban neighborhood where we need to calm it down a little bit. You need to give him a running game. You know he's a risk taker, so don't allow him to take so many risks. And a rumor I keep hearing now is Tampa Bay will be heavily involved in a Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes too. Make him your David Johnson. And if something like that happens, well, now I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um yeah, it's an inter- interesting team. You know, the only way that Jameis Winston's already league-leading air yards per attempt, you know, how far he throws mm-hmm. it down the field, the only way that could stay high or grow is by hiring Arians, and they did. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, you know, the Le'Veon Bell thing would be interesting. I just think they need a good back. To me, Le'Veon, if you look at sort of how this team got a little sideways, it was kind of adding guys who – you knew had good talent, but you weren't sure how they fit into the team concept, right? You know, mm-hmm. whether it was Deshaun Jackson, um, some of the other moves they made. I think last year they swung the pendulum back the other way. You know, signing JPP, who's about as solid as you can get, um, got rid of a couple of other guys. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they would view a Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, in that after the season that he had. Um, in Pittsburgh, they just need a back. You know, mm-hmm. you can draft backs too. You can get a good back without paying fifteen million a year or whatever um, he wants. They've got a couple good tight ends. They've obviously got one great receiver, a couple other guys. So, I think Bruce Arians is going to be okay on offense. Yeah, they got skill guys for sure. The Bell thing just pops up because of how well he used David Johnson as an all-around player, or receiver. And you mentioned yeah. Evans. I wonder if Evans is going to be the Heinz Ward, then Reggie Wayne, then Larry, uh, slot, move them all over, feature type guy. They've all been different body types, but I wonder if Evans will be that guy. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so Fitzgerald was at a different point of his mm-hmm. career, right? So I mean, Heinz I think. Ward and Wayne. It, yeah, and whereas, you know, if you look, I believe Mike Evans will be in the top. You know, I, I believe he's over 90% alignment wide outside the numbers. Um, some of these other guys are a little bit more in in out. So I don't know if when I size that up, I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I don't, I don't know that Mike Evans needs to Way to do that too. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he could be really great at it too, for all we know. So um, and Bruce Arians isn't going to be afraid to hurt his feelings by asking him to do it. I just don't know if he would view. I don't know if Bruce did that because he viewed guys being at a certain point of their career where it could help them and. If he did, would he view Evans as being in that 
part of his career. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they use O.J. Howard that way, who I think is a breakout candidate. I, I don't know. I'm not sure they'll use yeah. anyone this way. I think he's a really good offensive yeah. line. Just a good thought. Yeah. Um, another another quick break coming up, and we have two more teams to discuss. The 11th and 18th team on your list in terms of most change. Everyone needs to check that list out. We'll be back here in a moment. All right. Teased it before. The 11th team on your list that you expect change to occur is Denver. And Mm -hmm. in a way, I mean, we're getting some for sure. And this didn't happen yet yesterday, so I want to give my quick thoughts. Is I kind of feel like Elway is saying... Our offense is probably going to be in trouble for a while. You know, this quarterback situation is not going to solve itself overnight. Let's get really strong on defense. We have a superstar there. We like our first-round pick. Fangio should be able to, to, you know, scheme up a great defense. And my buddy Kubiak will take the offensive side, and he wasn't doesn't want the strain of being the CEO and press conferences and all those things. And these two will each handle their respective side of the ball better than what we've got. Yeah, I kind of like the hires. I mean, yeah. you can't get more solid. Vic Fangio's got over 500 games in the NFL as a coach, you know. Uh, <laughs> and Kubiak's been, yeah. I mean, the guy's been around. <laughs> you know, um, he, he's. I've also heard he's, uh, you know, got the sharp mind and good for, for for the game management stuff. I think he's good at that. So I think that's going to be a strong suit for them. It hasn't been. It's a hard job. No, you're right. When you have new co- new coaches coming in who've been who haven't done that type of thing before you wonder, I think he can do all of that type of stuff. Um, I think and he's very firm. To the team. Yeah. Yeah. Real firm in what he wants to do. And, you know, I think it, the history has been, if you get him the players he wants, it's going to be good. The only issues he, you know, sometimes has had is, uh, uh, you know, if there's a conflict with the GM or leadership in terms of what types of players he wants, you know, Vic's not afraid to say, so <laughs> I think remember he was, he was part of the uh, Jim Mora, the elder Jim Mora staff in Indy, and was uh, let go uh, in part because I think of dispute with uh, you know management and how they were <laughs> draft players and stuff. So I think that's really fascinating. You know, you're bringing in Elway, who's uh, very strong in what he wants to do, and you, and Vic's going to be too. And Vic's not going to he's not going to sugarcoat it. So I might move Denver down from number eleven. I I, I don't know if I feel like. Um, you make them lower. Me you mean you know, less? Yeah. Tell, tell me this. Tell me what you think about this. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't sure they would come back with Case Keenum, right? I don't know what um, other options would they, they be in the market or something. Well, so there's two things that are coming to my mind. Number one is if you got Gary Kubiak, you, you're sort of like it's it's kind of like having um, Kyle Shanahan. You know, you're thinking, you know what? He's going to get the best out of my guy. He's going to protect him with the play action game, the run game, uh, the boots, and all that. Mm-hmm. And we may be able to get um, Minnesota version Keenum. You know what I mean? Where the numbers are, the efficiency is really good. Uh, the other part of me says, you know, Joe Flacco had his best year of his career statistically when Gary Kubiak was his coordinator. That was the only name I was thinking. Yeah. Joe Flacco's a big, strong guy who. Um, is you know has more pelts on the wall than Keenum. He's a, he's probably a little more know what we're going to get, right? Right. For better or worse, you know. Um, and if he doesn't work out, you go back to Keenum. Yeah. So the question is, you know, what would it cost to pay Flacco? You know, um, you're 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 paying Keenum. You can work around that if you really want the guy. Um, 
So that's just sort of my th- my thought process on their quarterback thing. I don't know that I have a strong feeling of which way they will go, but those are a couple options that would definitely affect where they rank on this list in terms of how much they're changing things. Yeah, and maybe use a second or third round pick on a quarterback. Yeah, boy, their history of drafting them. Uh, I'm not saying it's easy, but it has not been good. No, it hasn't. And I wonder if, I mean, the Flacco suggestion is a good one. That was one I was thinking as well. I just don't like the options out there this year that I might just do something like that with the intentions of let's build a strong roster for the next draft class to go get our guy, hopefully. Well, one thing I'm excited to see is, you know, I think Von Miller was at absolute superstar level a few years ago um, where he was impacting the game on almost every play. I feel like he's been impacting the game on some plays, but not mm-hmm. just as consistently bring in Vic Fangio. Does that, you know what I mean? Does Vic Fangio, are we going to see a jump up? When I think of him, obviously he's had some great players, but man, those guys have played, some of those guys have played the best of their whole career, you know, when he was with them, whether it was, you know, Justin Smith or obviously he had Alden Smith, some, you know, Ray McDonald, some of those guys in San Francisco, they really got a lot out of. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, obviously we saw Khalil Mack. I mean, and there's some similarities there. I'm, I'm sure Fangio's looking at Chubb and Miller and thinking, boy, that's a great way to be, you know, for my foundation to build around this defense. And he does a tremendous job of disguising coverages and adjusting late in the and late in the um, right before the snap. So quarterbacks tend to hold the ball a, a beat later, anyways, because trying to figure out where you know where things are coming from, and that's a bad recipe against those two edge guys. Yep, it is. So uh, all in all, feel feel generally positive. Those were solid coaches they hired. They are. Last one on the list, and amazingly, the Browns. We're not expecting a lot of change from the Browns. You know, like they're usually first or second on your list. They're 18th on your list, and I couldn't agree more. And they stuck with. <laughs> Another meteoric, meteoric rise from Kitchen being waiting for two guys to get hired, then he gets in charge of the offense. Now he's got the whole damn team. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not sure I absolutely love the Browns process recently where, yeah. you know, yeah, I love the John Dorsey hiring, but then, you know, either through pressure of ownership or whatever, the mix they have there, they keep you Jackson, you know, <laughs> that was weird. Um Really, their three head coach choices, the last three head coach choices have been Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, and Freddie Kitchens, you know, and so, and I, look, Freddie Kitchens may be great, he may be absolutely the right hire, how would I know, right? I mean, we don't know, but just from afar, you're like, okay, you know, um, I don't know if all three of those hires and promotions were exactly, um, you know, home runs, so, mm-hmm. uh, We'll see. I, I understand the idea of keeping. You want to. You want to sort of keep what you have going, but you better be right because really, what you got going is Baker Mayfield. Right, and I'm sure Baker um, loves it, and he was great, and the offense was great when Kitchen took over. But is he a CEO? Is he? Can he handle? You know, that's a big jump. I've heard really good things about him, but uh, what my point was that you know Baker Mayfield's probably going to be good for a long time with different. You could have there's probably ten coaches that you could be good with, right? I don't think you can you when you look at the history of teams that kept the guy internally uh, because they were afraid to lose him because they weren't sure but thought he would, had a hand in what was going well. Uh, I don't know that there's a great track record 
you know, on those guys. Remember the the uh, you know the Bucks didn't want to lose Dirk Cutter. You know, sure, so, sure. Um, hey, we're gonna get rid of Lovey Smith and we're gonna keep Dirk Cutter. Or you know, there's there's. Uh, Wasn't my buddy Ben McAdoo in that kind of situation? Ben McAdoo. We, right. know, we don't want to lose Ben McAdoo. Boy, my goodness, this guy has been a lot to do with uh, with you know Eli's career sort of perking up. So let's keep Ben McAdoo. You know, let's. Uh, and two years ago, he was Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach. Now he's the head coach of the Giants. Like that's a, that's a fast yes. move. Hey, you know. Doug Marone internally with was what Jacksonville guy, right? Wasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. You know, right, one right, of right. those guys. You know, you're, you're looking at. No, your point's you know, a good one, like, right? Hey, John, Jim Tomsula, we want to keep him from inside, or you know, our quarterback um, really likes this guy. We can't lose him. Let's promote him higher than he should. Yeah. Now, you know, Jason Garrett has been over 500. I don't think it's a home run, but I mean, he's you know they sustained some some level of success. Uh, with him, there's some others, but you sort of see, you know, Seattle promotes Jim Mora, or you know, Raheem Morris is promoted from Tampa. Mike Singletary is promoted. You know, some of those types of guys. Um, I don't think there's a huge, great history of it. it. Doesn't mean they can't succeed now. Of course, I mean every guy's different, but I'm sure someone in business school is saying that's not the best business model to run a you know Fortune 500 company. Yeah, the thing about <laughs> it is though, they may like succeed anyway you know this could be a totally fraud flawed process where i don't you know the owner said you have to keep hugh and then we got to fire hugh and then we're going to promote greg williams and then he's going to do well we're going to fire him then we're going to look at guys and then we're going to promote kitchens that that could all be the wrong thing and they could they i think there's still a team on the upswing <laughs> right 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 going the right direction a lot of cap space drafting well i mean they still could win the north next week next year no doubt um i have one other team I want to throw out there that's not made a coaching change that's high on your change list. And I think a lot of it is based on they've got five or six guys that are up in age, and that's the Panthers. They're seventh on your list. You, know, you look at the Khalil brothers, Olsen, Davis. Um, I think I'm missing somebody. The, the safety, Pepper. Mike Adams is uh, there. Yeah, and, uh, right. Tom, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got some foundational dudes that are old. And, you know, last year was really the first time in a while that their defense really fell off. You know, they weren't able to maintain that top 10 defense, which has been such an important component of them being a consistent winner. You know, they, you know Cam Newton's been highly productive, but the style they want to play, you know, with the heavy run game, the quarterback runs, it works really well when, um, obviously, you can hit the explosive plays in the passing game because you've got a guy who can throw it down the field and you have a good defense. <laughs> When you don't have the good defense, it suddenly um, you know puts undue pressure on your quarterback, compromises your preferred style of play, stresses it, and then of course Cam Newton was hurt for half <laughs> the last five or six games. Right, right. They couldn't do anything, but uh, I do think they're going to um, you know have that turnover on the defensive side, which is why I uh, move them up. At the same time, they're very young and promising at some of the yeah, offensive right. skill positions. There's no one in the middle except yeah. for Keekley. Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. So um, um, there will be some change there. I sort of trust Rivera to guide him through it, but we'll see. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I thought that he his seat might be a little warm, but I think it's probably the right move to stay the course and see what he can do here. I love keeping Ron Rivera. I, I think guys like that who he's the classic guy. You wonder can he be the CEO and the leader? Yes, he can. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. And they might need to get a young quarterback too. I mean, third rounder or something, because this this Newton situation is a little worrisome. 
I know, you know, um, I'm feeling it too. I think he, I think, you know, there's no reason he can't get healthy and come back. I mm-hmm. just wonder um, if he's going to start having the injuries, how much he'll want to keep doing it, you know? How sustainable <laughs> is it? I mean, a hard strain, man. This guy. Playing quarterback like Mike Allstott's think- hard to do. I don't think, you know, I think because of, you know, some of the way he complains to the officials after the play and just his body language sometimes, we it's easy to overlook just how tough this guy is. And plus, he's big. You always sort of think the big guy, ah, he can take it. Oh, he's fine. This guy, <laughs> right. this guy has weathered probably more physical punishment than any quarterback of his generation. You know, the number of mm-hmm. hits that he's taken is... It's really a, pretty unbelievable. He so. was in a pretty bad car accident and played that next Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, by the way. So, right. You know, I think we've all been saying uh, you could find uh, any GM 10 years ago would have said, yeah, we'll see how long he can hold up. Well, dang it, he's done it for almost a decade, so he beat everybody. He did. He did. <laughs> but we're deep into that now, and, uh, you know, the end will come. The end will come. And the end's coming to the podcast. Um, I don't usually do this, but it's one thing that I just noticed and – it's on my cranium a little bit, and I, I'm not accusing the league or having any issues, but it is an important topic, and I just wanted to put it out there so you all recognize it. With coaching hire season, all of a sudden I've kind of noticed that when you factor in coordinators and head guys around the league, there's a lot less minorities all of a sudden. And it's a big deal here in Pittsburgh with the Rooney Roll, and it's something that comes up a lot. And again, I'm not saying that there's a reason for it. I'm just stating that it's starting yeah. to become true. Well, the number one, the most important thing, and Tony Dungy has stressed this, is the process, right? I'm not a big fan of measuring the process by the results in any one hiring cycle, right? I mean, these hiring right, right. cycles are so small that eight you teams. have you know eight or six teams, um, and if two or three of them hire a minority, it looks like the league has, whoa, look at the progress the league has made. Then the next <laughs> right, time, right, right. none of them make it, and everyone's like, the league has totally abandoned every any commitment. And the reality is it's a lot more random than that, and these situations are volatile. Um, the most concerning thing, I think, long-term is the pipeline. You know, And I think uh, for whatever reason, the, the, the way the league is trending offensively is giving a big advantage to the guys who come into the league as the quality control coach. They make their way to quarterback coach, and then pretty soon they're um, in the hopper of coordinator and um, getting hired for the job. And almost all of those guys at the, who come in as quality control, a huge number of them, and become quarterback coaches um, are white. So those are the guys who are, are um, in the pipeline to get the jobs. And I think that's the biggest challenge for the league to try to overcome. It's an issue in college. Um, you know, and certainly this year, I think we've had six hires. Four of them are first-time white head coaches. Two are second-time white head coaches, and you know, it, it's been a, you know, that that's not going to be good for the numbers. Right, right, right. With thirty-two of them available, and then if you factor in coordinators, what there's ninety-six. So again, it's a very, very small sample size. Um, that's going to do it, though. We got to wrap this thing up. Tomorrow I will pick games. Unfortunately, we didn't talk any of these great games, Mike, but I do really enjoy our conversations. I I thought this was a great show and enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. And we are unbiased in saying it's a great show, too. (laughs) 
Next week, I'm going to say it's a great it show, was. too. Right. No, it really was. I think most of our shows are pretty average. This one was great. Yeah, yeah. Usually, <laughs> oh, we're man. a B, B plus. This one was spectacular. I love you, man. We'll talk next week. All right, bud. Take care.